Welcome back, everybody. My name is Brian. This is Will. And I'm Octavio. And today we're going to be talking about the Lululemon murders. So let's just jump right into it and uh, we're going to go ahead and get this thing started. So join us in these bloodthirsty times. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. They are a product of the times and these are bloodthirsty times. Oh man, every time just gets me so amped. I like it, dude. Yeah, it's just so. Let's uh, address the elephant in the room first. We are speaking from the moon. The moon. <laughs> we have a very moon? crystal clear voices. Why is your voice so clear, Will? Oh, we upgraded our game. Oh, we got it going, baby. Nice. Yeah, I did too. It sounds nice. It is. Remember the last episode we were talking about uh, what could have killed those. Russian hikers, yeah, yeah, Yeti. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And now we all got the yeah. Yetis going. <laughs> How about a blue Yeti? I do have the blue Yeti. What? <laughs> Mysterious um, circumstances. Was <laughs> a blue Yeti. <laughs> oh man. So uh, yeah, dudes. Um, Let's uh, let's just start talking yeah. about this one. Yeah, so. this one this week is going to be pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and uh, let's not a disclaimer. We're going to do that, uh, but just like an FYI, myself and Brian have no fucking clue about this story. Yeah, so, I left. So, I didn't. I didn't let them research any of it. I wanted the twist to be a twist, and I wanted them to feel what you guys feel while mm-hmm. it's happening. Like I left a lot. I did. I was like, they're like, oh, we're going to look into. So like, no, 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 stop, stop. Just, <laughs> let me do this one like this is this one's this is gnarly so so i have no idea what's going to be happening i did zero research so, this so one's i'm going to be to, uh in it for the ride yeah. this one's going back to our first episode where it's story time with octavio Ooh, nice story time. before we hop into story time i believe we uh should read a disclaimer um and you know it's just kind of regarding um, you know, just today's times and everything. So first and foremost, we just want to say that we are a comedy slash true crime podcast. Um, we're just a few guys who like to laugh and crack jokes. And we understand that the nature of the topic is very disheartening and grim. Uh, but our aim here is to bring these real life situations to light so that you, the listener can be aware and hopefully laugh alongside with us. Um, so we're not going to be making jokes about the victims or families that have been impacted by the unfortunate situations, but we will make jokes about the perpetrator and the ineptitude of their actions. Um, now, if you don't believe that we should be joking about this subject, uh, then this is not the podcast for you. So I would direct you to watching, you know, something a little bit more serious, you know, if that's your cup of tea, but we, we like to have a good time here. We like to make jokes. Um, that's what this podcast here is all about. Yeah, we even um, uh, one of our best friends uh, supporting us even listened to the podcast, and he decided it's not for him. He prefers his podcast to be like boom, boom, boom. This is what happened. This now this like just matter of factly dateline. Yeah, I mean, I we understand that joking about this is not for everybody. Believe me, we get it. But when I'm listening to a podcast or watching a show. I learned more from a memorable, like funny experience about the show than I did about 
matter-of-factly telling me what's happening. So that's where we're coming from with this. So mm-hmm. we get it. It's not for everybody, but right. this is what we are doing. And Yeah. Life's too you know, serious anyways, and yeah. we like to make light of chill, some man. circumstances. So. Yeah. Just fucking relax. Yeah, everybody yeah. just everybody have fucking some relax. Fun. Fucking have some fun. relax, everybody. <laughs> everybody. All right, Rocktop, you want to uh yeah. go ahead and let's just get into it, dude. So yeah, tell this us. one this one's a this one's a doozy. So I'm gonna get right into this and because we got a lot to cover. So all right. Uh this is the Lululemon murder. Um Lululemon murders. This happened in Bethesda, Maryland in 2011. Bethesda? Bethesda, yeah, not the computer um, gaming company. Oh, I was just, gonna say, yeah, but yeah. I'm pretty sure but they are they from in the same spot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't. There's a lot of story to get to, so I just okay, know. go for it. Go, yeah, yes. keep going, keep going. I'll, right, I'll research so, it. I'll research it. Don't worry. Good, you do that. So, okay, <laughs> here we go. Unlike last week when we started at the beginning with the story of the Dyatlov Pass, uh, for this story, we're gonna start at the beginning of the end, basically from where the police started getting involved. Uh, like I said, this place takes place in uh, this story takes place in Bethesda, Maryland, which is moderately affluent. Mm-hmm. Not not too crazy, but they're definitely well off. Um, it's a suburb of D.C. So this story is a doozy, man. Like, OK, in uh, Dane Morris's book, he wrote The Yoga Store Murder, A Shocking True Account of the Lululemon Athletica Killing. He said this has all the elements that the media and the public craved. Innocent female victims, madmen on the loose, an unfolding mystery in a place that was supposed to be so perfect. So really quickly, what is Lululemon? Uh, it's a legging, like a athletic athletic wear. They sell leggings. They sell um, like sportswear type of stuff. And they, mm. they're pretty proud of their stuff. I'm yeah, it's like high-end high end yoga pants. But, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, all right. So um, – to start this, on March 12th, 2011, around 7.45 a.m., the opening manager named Rachel had a normal morning except for the Apple store next door had a long line of people waiting outside because Apple had launched the iPad 2 that day. So mm. uh, Rachel saw these people, but she she's going to work. So she just walked up uh, to the Lululemon store and uh, immediately got a sense that something was wrong because this higher-end legging store, like we said, uh, these leggings go for over a hundred dollars a pair easily. For and, pants, uh, like for, jeans? No, leggings. Oh, leggings. Leg, yeah, not jeans. Not like full-on <laughs> pants. These are sports, like girl leggings. So um, the door was left unlocked, and this literally has never happened before. So she entered the store super cautiously, and right away noticed the front of the store was in like disarray. Like there was a mannequin torso on the floor and some clothes tossed everywhere. Just a, a lot of stuff strewn about. So Rachel here kind of freaking the fuck out. And she's she's slowly making her way towards the back of the store, more or less following the trail of mayhem. And as she reaches the threshold of the back employee area, she notices broken glass and like a bunch of fucking blood. And then she heard like a soft moan coming from further back. And she noped on out of there, dude. She's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Like, she made her way back to the front of the store, and uh, a guy named Ryan was waiting outside for an iPad when he noticed Rachel losing her shit by the front of the store. And he went over to check on her, and she explained to Ryan, this isn't normal. None of this is where it's supposed to be. And Ryan, being the super guy that he is, he offered to go with her to check out the rest of the store in case someone was back there waiting to attack them or, you know, who knows what the situation could be? Right. Wait, wait, so, wait. <clears throat> yeah. 
why this is the same thing that happens in horror movies. That's exactly fucking movies. Let's just go look. Let's just go look. What let's not happen? call the cops who are There's paid blood. to do this. No, let, hold on. I'll go with you. Let's check it out. Let's check together. Let's go, let's go take a peek. Come on now. So yeah, they went together. Come on. Well, Lululemon's on sale. <laughs> I really need my leggings. God, $100 man. off. Jesus Christ. Uh, so they, they were together. They made their way back. And uh, Rachel stayed like right at the edge, like the cusp of the front um, area going towards the back. Because she would already seen blood. And she's like, I'm, I'm not going further back. So Ryan right. goes by himself. And... What he found is something that I personally never want to find. As much as I love true crime, I never want to be true crimed. You know what I mean? So <laughs> to be true crimed. Yeah. So Ryan is being either hella brave or super fucking dumb, one or the other, as he continued to the back of the store uh, after seeing broken glass and a shit ton of blood. And he sees in this mess of blood all through the hallway was a disturbing like blood trail leading further back and a bunch of bloody footprints, like all like just a a hallway full of blood and footprints just going all through it. Right. Right. So when he followed the trail, he saw that the blood went all up on the walls in the hallway, like six, six, seven feet high. These like blood splatters. Right. Right. And so at the end of it, he comes across a body that was face down with a rope around their neck and the toolbox on their back. And she was also completely covered in fucking blood, dude. And he can tell this person was most likely dead. So he turns around to nope himself out. Like, he's just like, I'm being out of here. Now it's the cops. Yeah, but then he hears soft moans, right? Like, he hears the same thing that she heard, that uh, Rachel had heard before. And But instead of leaving, this dude goes to see, because maybe somebody's hurt. Maybe somebody needs help. And he finds a woman with blood all over her and a huge gash in her forehead and a big cut on her hand. She had cuts all over her body and she was zip tied at the hands and feet. Uh, She had a shirt like firmly wrapped around her neck, like kind of choking her a little bit. So when they when he saw her, her arms were raised above her above her head, like they were tied together and her arms were raised above her head as she was laying on the floor. And um, and she had her leggings and underwear cut through and they were exposing her genitals. And there was like a clothes hanger that was all bloody next to her. Uh, there was also a rock nearby that was also covered in blood because everything here, literally everything's covered in blood. And the police later would speculate this was the weapon that would cause her head wound, like because she's just blood pouring off of her head. head. Yeah, yeah. So now Ryan goes back to Rachel and tells her what he found. And she calls 911 and she tells the dispatcher. There we go. There's two people in the back of my store. One seems dead and the other person is breathing. So the Montgomery County police was on the scene by 8, 12 a.m. So like right away Um, when they make their way to the back, they find the body of 30 year old Jaina Murray, who was a shift manager the night before. Um, When they found her, she was lying in a puddle of blood like it pooled all around her. Like this was an obscene amount of blood. She had a lot of blood on the back of her head because it had been bashed in. They also noticed her leggings and underwear were cut just like um, the other body. And. They were cut at the crotch, and they assumed this meant she had been sexually assaulted. Um, the other girl they found, 28-year-old Brittany Norwood, who also worked at the Lululemon store, and she was closing with Jaina the night before. And as far as they could tell, she seemed to have much less severe injuries, but she was still covered head to toe in blood. And so they sent her off to the hospital like by ambulance immediately. 
um, because they didn't know how much time they had before, you know, maybe she's losing a lot of blood. So they immediately took her to the hospital and they sent an officer with her so they could try to hopefully get her to tell them like what in the actual fuck happened here when she was able. So back at Lululemon though, they started to take inventory of the store and noticed that three of the safes were opened and empty and there were receipts just like thrown everywhere. The registers were also emptied. Uh, There was glass and clothing strewn about the front of the store uh, that led them to believe maybe perhaps the girls tried to run, but they were stopped and forced to the back of the store. Um, Like I said, in the blood were those footprints, and it looked like there were two sets, one smaller foot and one much bigger foot that looked like whoever had the bigger foot was chasing the person with the smaller foot. Um, The big shoe print um, immediately stood out. And what's weird is a shoe print, which ended up being a size 14 men's, it led to a sink like in the back bathroom and they don't go anywhere after that um, at all. Like they assume this means either they washed the shoes of blood or straight up took them off and put them somewhere. So after, yeah, dude, like they just footprints are gone. So it gets to the sink and the footprints just disappear after that. So uh, after sending Brittany to be checked out, they focused their attention on Jaina Murray Uh, Like I said, she was face down and just covered head to toe in blood. When they got her facing up, they said her face was unrecognizable because it had been smashed in. When the coroner report came back, it said that she had an incredible 331 different wounds inflicted by multiple different objects. 331. Yeah, that is fucking crazy, dude. And those are just on... And that's just everywhere on her body. Everywhere correct? on her body, yeah. That the the coroner report came back after you know they had done um, all all they could uh, to see what happened, and they they assessed that it was different objects that had done this too, not just one. Um, but the thing is, those wounds. Did they say were, what? Other yeah, we'll the, get to, yeah. obviously okay. Other than yeah. the the rock that they found. Yeah. So the the thing about those wounds are they were all counted as singular. So wherever they saw a stab wound, they counted as uh, a a wound, you know? So if that, if they had hit that same spot twice, they didn't count it that. So 331 is the minimum that she had been hit. So we don't know how many times the person hit the same spot at all. So, um, she, her skull had over 10 fractures and she had 105 self defense wounds, meaning she put up a hell of a fight. Yeah. And if that wasn't shitty enough, the report concluded that she felt every one of these wounds, every single one of these wounds, because wound number 331 was a three inch stab wound to the back of her neck that severed her spinal cord. Wow. They, uh, they can tell all of this because all the wounds were bleeding. So she was pumping blood. Yeah. And that's how they know that stab number 331 was the fatal one. Um, they yeah, also would, found oh go ahead. Yeah, no, that would explain like all the blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine a body just you know, you're getting 331 wounds, you're gonna be bleeding from like every part of your body. So there's gonna be a shitload of blood. Yep. Holy fuck. Yeah, you're just bleeding like a spigot at that point. It's just coming out everywhere. I mean, it's no stopping mm-hmm. it. So they also found clumps of her own hair clenched in her hands. And I don't know. If it's from holding her head so tight, trying to deflect the onslaught of attacks coming down on her, 
or if like she was trying to stop the pain she was feeling from all the wounds she got to her head. I, I don't know. I can't even imagine what what a person might do in response to like enduring this horrific attack. Like I don't know what your you know fight or flight sense is going to make you do. You know what I mean? So her own hair was found like clenched in her hands. Um, so the toolbox that was found on top of her um, had a few tools in it, but there were a lot of tools like scattered all around that belonged to that box. Um, and these were all used to brutalize Jaina Murray. They included a hammer, a knife, uh, some box cutters, and all of these were just drenched in blood, in blood man. So like, a- as the police further investigate what is possibly the most brutal murder to ever happen in Safeful, Bethesda, Maryland, uh, they find themselves at the back door, like the emergency exit. And just like everything else, it was covered in blood, but mostly on the handle, which was like this push bar. Uh, Like now, these emergency exits are usually locked, right? And can only be opened by the manager because they're the only ones with the keys to to open this door. And the real shitty thing is, dude, those keys were found in the key slot. So this this could mean like one of two things, right? Uh, The most fucked up version of this is Jaina managed to reach the door get the keys into the lock and try to make a run for it, but was caught by the attacker. And that's why there's all that blood all over the handle. Or uh, the other scenario could be uh, the assailants took the keys from Jaina after they had brutally murdered her and they attempted to make their escape out the back door. Uh, But they, if this was the case, they maybe opened the door and realized there was cameras out there or someone was out there passing by. So they couldn't go out there. So they just decided against it. But um investigators know for sure nobody had gone out that door because inside the store there was blood splatter everywhere but outside the door they didn't find a single drop of blood so they know nobody went out there um in the hallway they also found tons of other things uh just all around the floor but the problem was the scene was so bloody it was hard to tell exactly uh what had been used on these two girls wait did did, uh they do fingerprints on the keys uh, I, I assume they did, but not, that it's really never mentioned. So I, I think there was only Jaina's uh, fingerprints on it. So because they belonged to her. Um, so, so where was you said there was two girls, right? Yeah, the other ones. Uh, where was the other one? During oh the- yeah, yeah, the, yeah. While this is all happening, the other girl is. Um, I think I, just, I get to this right now. Like, um, so like at this point, Brittany. Uh, no, wait. Yeah, no, she's she's there, but I think they're making her rob the store for them. Um, I think oh. I talk about that a little bit later, so we'll get to that. So this is what's happening to Jaina Murray. So at this point, Brittany is ready to talk uh, to the police because she's been taken care of and treated for her wounds. Right. And she's super eager to help the police catch whoever the fuck did this shit to her and Jaina. Um, the The chain of events that led to this brutal murder and, and rape is crazy. Nar, dude, like so crazy. So just be aware that I know we went through some rough stuff at first, but uh, the Brittany recounts this night as best she can, but it's just super traumatic. Uh, So I guess trigger warning basically from here on out. Um, And while she's telling the police what she remembers, she's like bawling her eyes out. And she keeps asking about her friend Jaina because she doesn't know that Jaina had died. And she keeps asking the police, but the police are doing their best to keep her calm and not like get her super upset with the shitty news that her friend is dead and she survived. So they're like, uh, we'll check up on her for you and, and you know, we'll let you know when we know something, you know, kind of trying to make her feel a little bit better mm-hmm. so they can get the story from her. Right. So story goes, 
On March 11th, 2011, Jaina and Brittany, they have the closing shift together. And everything is normal. They clock out at like 9.45 and they say their goodbyes and, and they go their separate ways. Nothing out of the ordinary at all. Uh, Jaina drives to work and Brittany takes the bus. Uh, when Brittany gets to the bus stop, she reaches for a transit card and realizes she doesn't even have her wallet. She starts freaking out because she doesn't have a way home or even money to call a cab. Um, she's like, whatever, I, I got to get home. So she thinks I'll just call Jaina real quick to open the door for me and I'll grab my shit and be done with it. The problem is she doesn't have Jaina's number. So she calls other employees um, to try to get the number from her. So finally she, she calls one after the other and she finally gets Jaina's number. Uh, when she gets a hold of her, she tells her the whole situation about not having her wallet and, you know, not being able to get a ride home or anything, or even having money to call a cab or something like that. And Jaina says, you know what? I'm already almost home, but it's not a big deal. I forgot my laptop anyway. I was going to get it in the morning, but we'll, I'll just get it now and, and unlock the door for you. And um, so luckily she doesn't live too far and she meets Brittany at the front door and she parks the car kind of in the front since they were just going to go in and, and out real quick. Like she's like right there, like in a no parking zone type of thing. Right. And uh, they're just going to go in and out real quick. So they get inside and Jana gets her laptop and she's waiting for Brittany at the front door. But Brittany is taking forever, says she can't find her wallet. So they both start looking for her stuff, like her wallet and, and you know whatever else she may have left there. Eventually, they're like, shit, I have no idea where it went. And Jana's like, I'm tired. I got to go. And she tells Brittany, here, take my transit card and I'll just get it back from you tomorrow or, or whenever you find your wallet. And Brittany was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, you the best. Like, mm -hmm. thanks a lot. Like, fuck yes. So... Uh, as they're making their way up to the front of the store, two men walk in and they kind of like slithering kind of tight. They're trying to hide behind the racks. And and Brittany describes these dudes as wearing all black from head to toe. One of them has a backpack and they both have like balaclavas, like uh, ski masks on. So like she can't see a single like identifying feature. Um, she notices one is much shorter than the other. And. When they start talking to them, she guesses these dudes are Caucasian uh, just by their voice alone. Mm -hmm. So so Brittany says as soon as they are near them, they pop out and punch them in the face. What, then they are knocked down and the dudes drag the girls to the back of the store by their hair. And she tells the police that not only did they get physically assaulted immediately, these dudes verbally assaulted them like from the get go. Like, um Something I didn't tell you guys, I, I just forgot to mention, uh, is Jaina is a white girl and Brittany is black girl. She's African-American. Mm -hmm. So these two motherfuckers, dude, are dragging the girls to the back while brandishing a knife. And they're simultaneously calling them dirty whores and yelling the N-word at Brittany. And when they get to the back, the two guys force her to tell them where the money is. And they're yelling at her to get the fucking money. Um, and they force her to unlock the registers. Like these dudes are just yelling like obscenities, like out just at all times. They don't stop. Like just give me the fucking money. Like, you know, whores and N words and stuff. And so they, they get her to unlock the registers and the safes and they put the money in their backpack that they brought and they continue on with the verbal assaults and they're just like punching and stuff. And while she's doing this, she can see the tall guy took the, took Jaina to the back and she's dragging, uh, he's dragging her by her hair. And Jaina is just kicking the whole time. Like she's she's trying to put up a fight. Yeah. So now these racist pieces of shit got the money. They decided they want to take this up a fucking notch. 
the short one drags Brittany to the employee bathroom and throws her down on the bathroom floor. And he starts to rape her. Like, he, you know, remember she was found with her panties and, and leggings cut open. Yeah. So um, all the while, he's still like brandishing the knife and making cuts on her while he's raping her. And um, why are they so angry? He lifts up. Yeah, dude, he's he's I don't know. And and he, I think it gets it gets much worse. I think he's like while he's raping her, he's brandishing the knife and he's making cuts anywhere he can all over her body. And he lifts up her shirt and starts cutting into her stomach. And he says she remembers him saying, shut up or you'll never have kids while cutting her stomach. And he also said, I've never been with a dirty N word. And I would never put my dick in a dirty N-word. Wow. The hell is wrong with these guys? What the hell? Guess is as good as mine, dude. These like I, I kinda hard to wonder if they planned this or if you know that maybe it's just yeah, they, to have so much like, like raw anger towards two random people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, it makes you think if it was like a premeditated attack. Like that's what I'm saying. Where did they go in to rob them, and then they're like, "Oh, these girls are pretty. Let's put our dick in them." Like, you know what I mean? Like that was that the know. plan, or did they go in knowing that these this was going to get as brutal as it gets? Like, it's hard to know. So uh, after he was done, he decides that wasn't torturous enough. He goes to the sales floor, like where all the clothes are, and he grabs a hanger off the rack, and he comes back and he rapes her with the hanger. And he tells her, I won't stop until you start enjoying this. So, like, is why I just, man, it's fucked up, right? Like, so now he grabs that rock and he hits her real hard in the head. And she kind of blacks out, but she's trying to hold on and not pass out because she's pretty much certain that if she gives in and passes out, she's going to die. Uh, she remembers that during this whole fucked up scenario, she could hear Jaina in the background screaming and grunting because she was doing her best to fight these motherfuckers off. And the guy is just beating her just so bad. But as she's fighting them off, Brittany says that she could hear the screams would get more and more faint until they just stopped completely. Damn. Uh, Brittany tried, says she's tried to help, but I don't know what she could do. She's, basically she's trying all she can do not to pass out. And then she was also bound by zip ties and is crying her eyes out is asking them if a friend, um, I mean, sorry. And she's, she's bound by her uh, hands and feet by these zip ties. Right. And uh, is at this point while telling the story that she just loses it and is like crying her eyes out and is asking them if her friend Jane is okay. She just keeps repeating just so much blood. There was so much blood. And, and, and of course she was like telling the police that this was all her fault. She just kept blaming herself. If she had just not lost her wallet, this wouldn't have happened. And the, and the police kept reassuring her, telling her there's no way she could have known that this was going to happen. She's like, no, I did this. It's my fault. You know, typical like survivor's guilt. I mean, like I would have done the same type of shit. I mean, I would feel so fucking bad that because of a stupid thing, like forgetting my wallet, mm-hmm. someone is brutally assaulted and murdered. That is just a crazy like coincidence, like, yeah, the one time like you decide or not decide, but accidentally leave something behind or, um, you know, it's that moment where all shit just breaks loose. Um, it's just like it, a crazy, crazy coincidence that something like that happens. Well, it's that whole hindsight is twenty twenty thing. Yeah. yeah. You can always look back at anything that goes wrong anytime in your life and be like, wow, if I just 
waited five minutes, this wouldn't have happened. Or mm-hmm. if I went left instead of right, this wouldn't have happened. So still, that's still a rough. That Someone... sh- yeah. It's that shit that just goes on in your freaking brain, man. So uh, the detectives on this case did a pretty good job on this. I'm not going to lie. Like they were on this. Cause like I said, this is small town shit. Like it, it doesn't, this doesn't happen here. So after hearing well, like what a happened, of evidence, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, so um, they start canvassing the area. Um, So after hearing what happened to the girls, they're on the lookout for two dudes, one tall guy and one short guy, probably white. Like, that's what they have to go on. Um, They immediately set up a tip line because this was such a popular area. Somebody had to have seen something, Um, you know, and uh, there's no way that nobody saw anything at all. And they just ran off without being seen like. It's just crazy. This is well, a shopping yeah. mall. This is a shopping yeah, you got to figure if the area that has a actual Lululemon. That's kind of, it should be like a highfalutin type of yeah. There's got to be like place cameras, so. surveillance, or even if it was at night, there's got to be like you know someone like changing out the trash cans or something. You know, even if people weren't there during the night, you know, there's definitely got to be like surveillance. Changing out the trash cans. Changing or taking out the trash, uh, <laughs> taking the trash can, changing the trash can. You know, the common phrasing is what I'm yeah, trying to. Ch- say. Yeah, maybe in fucking Colorado, but <laughs> changing the. Tra- <laughs> All right. So the uh, the next step in their investigation is to go next door to the Apple Store uh, to see if anyone was around and to check their security cameras because for some reason the Apple Store is the only store to even have cameras set up. So. They asked the employees if they knew anything, and boy, did they. Uh, The Apple employees tell them that on January 11th at like 10, they hear a commotion outside, like people yelling, but they just assume it's people out on the street just walking by, being obnoxious. So they're like, whatever. Like, But they they reach the back of the store, and they can still hear it. Now, the wall separating these two stores is basically like paper thin, like super, right? they're right next door. So if you could put your ear up to it, you can hear stuff. And they can still hear the commotion, so it can't be coming from out, from the outside. Um, I actually saw footage from uh, the, their CCTVs they have um, on, I think it was Washington Post. I think I saw the footage. Um, or Oxygen did a series on this, so it might have been them. So anyways, uh, the footage taken from the inside of the Apple Store, you can see the employees going to the wall and, and listening, and they're clearly aware something is going on because they go up to the wall they back up a little and they go up to the wall again and they're like putting their ear towards the wall like so they can hear something is going on yeah so an apple employee named jane was one of the people there that that night and when she was the one who heard the grunting and screaming and some loud thuds but she had no idea what to make of it at one point so she hears two people talking and she can make out a little bit and what she hears is someone say don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Like, talk to me, please don't do this. She also hears someone say, God help me. God help me. And she's like, I guess I can call my boss Ricardo to come listen and see what he thinks. So Ricardo walks up and he hears the same banging and yelling, but he doesn't hear anybody say anything. And he says, Oh, that's just coworker drama. And he bangs on the wall to get them to shut up like noisy neighbors. You know what I mean? Like you bang on your wall. Yeah. And the noises stopped for a little while, but they didn't, they literally didn't take any other action other than that. They didn't call anybody or they didn't inform the security guard they had, which is pretty shitty. But then again, 
I'm all for minding your own business, but this seems just a little bit too sus to be just like, yeah, yeah it's whatever. If you worked at a business right next to another business, you should probably know the people that work there, right? That's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty common. And so once you know, like, wait, they close at six, it's seven. Why do I hear noises? Why are people screaming? Please don't do this to me. Shouldn't yeah. you just like and then like oh no, it's no big and, deal. And just, just like coworker drama, whatever. Yeah, you know, just take a peep through the window. Like, what's going on in there? <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> like they, the uh, Apple Store had their own security. Like they're the only ones with security, and they didn't even tell them. Like, wh- hey, can what? you go check out what the fuck's going on next day? Yeah, even if they had called the police, like, and they didn't want to get involved, like what? The police is going to check on them, and if nothing's going on, then nothing's going on. It's like they're not like they're going to get in trouble for calling the police, and nothing's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean this it, solidifies um, my reasoning to never visit Bethesda, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> Cross that off your list. Yeah. Got, nope. Got two, two down. Yeah. It sounded oh, cool. Three down now. So no Russia, no New Orleans, and no, no Bethesda. Bethesda? <laughs> Absolutely not. And going to the Apple Store, you're not getting my business. Definitely not. <laughs> So uh, after writing down what the Apple employees told them, uh, the police moved on to check their security cameras because, like I said, no one else has them. And the cams are obviously pointed more towards the Apple store than anywhere else. But the front the front camera catches like the edge of the Lululemon store. And what the fuck do they see? They see plain as day, dude. Two dudes walking away from the Lululemon store. They were dressed in all black. There's a tall one, there's a short one, and one of them has a backpack. Oh, so they did capture them on They just the- cast there's like a, a glimpse of them, dude, like just on the corner. They were walking away from the Lululem so it's just like like maybe a two-second clip of them just passing by. Like they just barely got them. But when they paused it, clear as day, exactly like Brittany had said, uh two guys who fit the description just down to a T. So okay. now they just gotta do the legwork to find these guys, right? So around this time, though, the tip line they set up, they get a lead of their own. One of the callers says there's this homeless guy named Keith who's a black guy and a regular customer at this bar and is there literally every night. Like he panhandles or something during the day and then he spends his hard-earned money at the bar. But on January 11th, who's missing from the bar? Keith is missing from the bar. He wasn't there. And people say they saw him with a shorter white guy walking around. And what makes this super suspicious is Keith is an asshole. He didn't have any friends. Like he was known to make like unwanted advances towards women and is kind of just a violent guy in general. So it gets even more suspicious when they finally locate Keith on January 13th and he's at a hospital 10 miles away, all bloody and beaten. What the fuck? Okay, so when police hear this, they're like, this is it because Jaina must have fought super hard and hopefully fucked this guy up enough to hospitalize him. Right. Mm-hmm. And when, uh, uh, they interview Keith, he tells them that basically he was part of a fight and the other bum fucked him up. So police have no choice, but to leave him alone for now, uh, at least until they can cooperate that bum fights. 11 was being filmed. Like he said, <laughs> but <laughs> it's 11. <laughs> I've heard of that in such a long ass. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Damn, bump fights was it's fun to watch though. Yeah. Uh, it's as messed up as it is bump fights yeah, to oh, watch. Yeah. Wasn't uh what's that big black guy's name? He used to box uh everyone. Um, oh uh, um Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good you want to get your head bashed in? Go fight Kimbo. Kimbo. Uh, okay, so uh, they do take some of his clothes for testing because they had blood splatter on them. Um, so now they have two solid leads to follow up. So they set up a stakeout outside of Lululemon in case the masked men return to rob a different store in Bethesda Lane since they're all pretty higher-end stores. And they also go to talk to the homeless community to make sure Keith isn't lying out of his ass. As crazy as it sounds, dude, the two dudes walk right past the cops while they are doing their stakeout. I mean, these dudes are dressed in all black again with a backpack. One short guy, one tall guy, exactly like Brittany had described them. So obviously they take these dudes in for questioning, right? Which is fantastic because Keith was actually telling the truth and he was out here fighting other bums. They also made it a point to say that Keith wasn't smart enough to get away with this. Like he just, the police just like, nah, he's not smart enough to do this anyway. Like there's no trace of this. There's no trace of this. uh, Whoever did this, like there's no way a bum would be careful enough to not leave any evidence. You know what I mean? So if you remember, there were these footprints found in the blood. And they had measured to be a big old foot size, size 14. Well, they fucking found that shoe inside the Lululemon store. They found it inside the store. It was on a rack. A size 14? Size 14. Like shack size? Yeah, dude, a big old foot. That's why the footprint stood out to them so much, because it was such a big fucking footprint. Like, this is, you know, someone huge. Like, obviously, they're huge. Look how much they brutalize these two women. Like, this is a big guy we're dealing with, like. So uh, the shoe was on a rack and they knew it was the same shoe because not only did the print match where the blood was found, um, there was there was blood inside the shoe that, uh, you know, you wouldn't really expect. So the outside was clean, but there's blood like inside. Uh, And so we definitely know for sure that these are the shoes that were used during the attack because um, it's just there's going to be no other size 14 shoe that has blood on it. That's not going to be involved in this. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So now we get to kind of the good stuff here. So during the interview of the two guys that they caught in all black, the police get straight to the point and they show them the footage of these men dressed all in black. And they ask them straight up, is this you? And they nod their head and they say, yes, that's us. So on top of all this, they had found Jaina's car three blocks away. So if you remember, it was parked outside uh, when she pulled up. It was parked outside the store, kind of in a no parking zone. And when people got there, it wasn't there anymore, right? Oh, they moved the car? Yep. So they found the car three blocks away, and they found the evidence they needed to put somebody away for this. What they found was a bunch of blood splatter and a hat with blood all up in it. And all they had to do was test the blood to confirm that their suspicions are correct. And they could probably arrest their suspect with a pretty chance, high chance of getting their conviction. So they're pretty excited about this. Like, this is exactly what we we're looking for. So yeah, I, like all the all the cards are stacking up. They're like, okay, yeah, we got motive. We got evidence. We got all that shit. Yep. So at this point, the community is fucking going nuts. Like, people have basically stopped shopping in this area. Women refuse to close stores alone, like, pretty much at all. Like, if they did work, they worked at morning shift. And if they left later, there was, you know, men, you know, taking them to their car or whatever. And, um, and this is a community where nothing ever happens. And there was a woman named Christy Donahue, who's a manager at a boutique across the street. She said, this is an area I would never have expected this to happen, period. I just think we've always felt safe. It's something we've taken for granted. Maybe this is an eye-opener that we have to be more aware. 
the community at large rallied around these girls. I mean, they really came together and showed their love for the survivor and this poor murdered girl. I mean, these are two young women whose lives were destroyed. Brittany Norwood, she's from a pretty big family. She had four brothers and four sisters. Brittany herself was a soccer star in college, so she was super athletic. And her goal in life was to own a gym because her siblings were pretty impressive. They're like engineers and business consultants, and one was even a doctor. And she wanted to do something impressive herself. And being a young black woman, owning her own business would do that for her. Uh, Brittany was originally from Seattle. And so was Jana Murray. Uh, They were both from Seattle, but the two girls, they hadn't known each other before working together at Lululemon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Jana, Jana was an incredible woman, dude. Like she was full of life. She was also athletic, just like Brittany. But Jana was on her way to being a changing force in this world. At the time of her brutal murder, she was working on two degrees from John Hopkins University. Two. And she was a straight-A student. Like, not only that, but Jana had toured all of the continents except for Antarctica. She loved adventure and super cultured and all-around badass. Like, uh, on her 30th birthday, she she went skydiving. And she, you know, she'd done that many times, but that's just her adventures. Like, she loved all kinds of extreme sports. Mm-hmm. That's just who she was. Yeah. Uh, she was also a gymnast and a tap dancer and was apparently super talented at it. Um she was in a long distance relationship with a guy named Frazier. She had known Frazier since seventh grade um, and they had met again when they were older. They both attended George Washington University. He lived in Seattle and he had been making plans to propose soon. Um, like to move in together to, you know, bring their lives together and just, you know, she, I think he had talked to her family about it, but he hadn't found the ring yet. So he hadn't done it yet. When they talk about long distance, that is, the longest distance relationship. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. It's on the exact coast opposite side. Hey, it's only 3,000 miles, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's only three. And the, his name is Fraser. Fraser. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> a guess name. That is, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a show called Fraser. Yeah, I, I could see that. And that um, is a name, yes. And it is a name, yes. So on the day of Jaina's funeral, uh, the family received a phone call that would change their life. Um, the Murray family was literally like on their way to lay their daughter to rest when the police tell them they have arrested someone for the murder of Jana Murray. So all the while, the investigation has been going on. There's also been like a secondary investigation going on behind the scenes basically the whole time. So one of the lead detectives on this case was a guy named Dimitri Reuven. And um, when he got to the crime scene and he got the details of the attack, he immediately felt like there was something more, like there's a bigger picture he's not seeing because this attack was just so gnarly. And this just does not happen here. When he heard what happened from Brittany, his gut feeling got even worse. And he's quoted as saying the amount of trauma Jana suffered just isn't normal. He goes on to say, it's just this voice in the back of my head. Something's just not right. The way Brittany's describing these two guys, they're racist, they're rapists, they're robbers, they're murderers. It's like the worst human being that you could possibly describe, right? It's just too crazy to be true, which led him to say, it doesn't sound like, doesn't say two crazy people off the street to me. This just screams inside job. So mm-hmm. not only that, but those That's what two I was guys. I, yeah, me and Dimitri are on the same. Uh... Yeah. 
not only that, but those two guys who were walking by and admitted to being caught on camera. Yeah, those guys do that every day. They work down the street at the restaurant where they have a black uniform. So these guys were like, yeah, that's us. We live and work here. And the restaurant they work at said, yeah, these are our guys. And they were cleared. Like they they're, they admitted to being on the camera because they were. They do this every day. That's where they work down the street. Right. So they're, the uniforms are just black. That's just everyday life for them. Hmm. So uh, Detective Reuben went back to interview Brittany again to get more of the story to see if she knew anything else that might help him. And with his theory. So she was already home at this point because her injuries were mostly superficial. And uh, when they asked her again, she had remembered one more major detail while she was at the hospital. But aside from that one detail, everything else was the same. So this new detail that she said was that at some point, the shorter guy had pushed her down onto Jaina's body. And that's where she saw just how messed up and bloody Jaina truly was. She says the reason she is still alive and not nearly as brutalized as Jaina had been was because the guy said to her, you're lucky that you're more cute and fun to fuck. The the detectives take note of this, but honestly, there wasn't anything they could use to identify who the perp was. Like they didn't get anything else new or useful from her other than that little tidbit. Mm -hmm. So they went back to their evidence. and They started looking at the shoe. When they asked Rachel, the manager who found the bodies, if she recognized the shoe, she said, yeah. That shoe belongs to the store. Lululemon doesn't sell shoes, but they did keep these size 14 shoes. So when men try on their clothes that are meant to be worn with like a sportier shoe, like let's say they're not wearing like a tennis shoes or whatever, they can put these on to see how it looks and if it needs to be tailored at all or, or anything like that, you know? So these shoes were always there to help men out and see how it would actually look when you wore the appropriate shoes with their clothes. Cause this is a sporty. Hold the phone. Um, Men shop at Lululemon. It's I guess it's a sporty stores. I mean, they're known for their leggings and stuff, but I think they they try to brand it as a lifestyle. You know I what guess. I mean? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So yeah. let me let me get this straight. I can't so knock until I try it. Right. To be clear, <laughs> you I won't ever be wearing, wearing Lululemon. <laughs> don't lie, dude. Don't lie. You know you're gonna go. There you don't right want now. to see me in leggings, dude. dude no, <laughs> that's not something anyone needs to have implanted in their brain. <laughs> Will's like, that? ooh. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> I felt wanted. I'm, I'm, I about felt to, wanted. I'm about to bite my knuckle off thinking about it so hard. <laughs> so let me all right. So let me kind of clarify real quick. So they the store, Lululemon, has a pair of shoes that if men go in there and they want to try out some of their clothes, they have a pair of like um example shoes that they can put on. So yeah, that way they the can reason they see were what it looks 14, like. Yeah, the reason they were size 14 is because no, not many men are going to have bigger than size 14 shoes. So let's say you have a size 10 shoe. You can still put that shoe on. It'll still fit. You know what I mean? Right. So, so that you can put on that shoe and still see how it's supposed to look, even though it's a bigger shoe. Gotcha. All right. So it's basically the size 14 was just uh, like the maximum shoe size, you know, to yeah. encompass all, all the other yeah, shoes. To get everyone, everyone below size 14, a chance to put these mock shoes on so that they could, Test it out. Um, so the shoes were always there. And, and the police were like, the fuck? So they're thinking is that these dudes, or at least one of them, bust in to rob this store. And before committing one of the most heinous acts ever recorded, they switch shoes and, and what? 
and what thought they could just leave them there and never be found because they were already there, like kind of hidden in plain sight type of shit. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is making sense at all at all at this point. Dimitri Ruven is just getting more and more suspicious because there's two dudes who attack these women, but focus more on Jaina. But there's only two footprints found. And he starts thinking like, yeah, maybe maybe they knocked Jaina out and she was just never moved again. And, that, and that's why only one female print was found. But why wasn't two bigger shoe prints? shoe prints found why why is there only one size 14 shoe like it's just where it's not adding up to yeah to what's happening so side note i just looked at men's clothing at lululemon i would not i will not be shopping there (laughs) is is there a lot of vests uh no they have a couple sweaters and how much they go for um, a hundred and fifty dollars. What? Oh, man, you got that? You For got that? sweaters? Yeah, they have a sixty-eight dollar short sleeve shirt. When you work out, you got to be wearing the best clothes. <laughs> yeah. uh, not it distributes me. the sweat evenly across your body when you wear sixty-eight dollar shirts. I wonder if it uh handles you. You know what I mean? For a hundred fifty dollars, those <laughs> leggings better. They better make me feel some type of way. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm, I'm yeah, looking at the pictures and. Yeah, a little tight. <laughs> I might need a little no. room to breathe. No. Oh. A, little, uh, a, little, a little bulge? <laughs> I can only hope so, really. If yeah. they're that tight, I hope yeah. there's a bulge. <laughs> Maybe I will buy them. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah. So he... He's irritated by all this, right? So he moves on from the shoes and is looking at other evidence collected at the scene. And he notices that literally every weapon used on Jaina and and Brittany were from inside the store. The the two dudes didn't even bring a weapon with them. The knife, the box cutter, the hammer, and everything else was either from inside that toolbox or from somewhere else in the store. Like they even found a Buddha statue that was in the main area and that was found in the bathroom. What about the rock? no, I don't know where that came from. That's a good question. But there was a rock there. I, there was a rock. I didn't find I imagine it's an outdoorsy thing. So you got a message. And um sorry. <laughs> uh, they just told me where they found the rock. Okay. It was outside. <laughs> a rock from outside? That's yeah, super sus. Yeah, they brought it in. Super sus. Uh zip ties uh used on Britney just were from there like literally everything was just from inside the store like nothing came from outside uh the main thing that reuven took away from this is that this attack must have taken a long fucking time like they had to go and find all these things one by one and must have tortured these girls because using all these different items as weapons 331 times minimum is incredibly time consuming and and later the judge would estimate this whole attack took at least 17 minutes and he he did this by saying he took a pen and kind of he went home after one of the court dates and took a pen and kind of banged it against his desk like that like 331 times without stopping. And it took him at least 11 minutes to do that. So that's not accounting for going back and getting another weapon. That's not accounting for a struggling Jaina, a struggling mm-hmm. Brittany like the. So the time is at least 17 minutes that these girls were being brutally beaten. So as I said earlier, Detective Rubin's investigation is going on like parallel to the main investigation. And when he interviews the Apple uh, employees, 
they never said they heard the sounds of any men talking or yelling because Brittany had said they were cussing and yelling racial slurs and calling them whores the whole fucking time. So if they could hear grunting and stuff, they should definitely have heard two loud ass racists, right? Yeah. I mean, especially if it's like considering, you know, how large this guy is supposed to be with the size 14 footprint. He's like, going to have a booming he's, voice. He's going to have a, yeah, he's going to have a loud voice. Like it's, yeah. So after they find Jane's car and the and the blood tests come back, uh, it's confirmed to be Jane's blood and Brittany's blood. And her, Brittany's blood was found on the hat that they found in the passenger seat. And that was it. Nobody else's DNA was found at all. Just those two girls. So Detective Reuven is now thinking, fuck, okay, I know that I can't tell anybody what I'm thinking. And his fellow detectives agree. His superiors tell him, before you even think of uttering a single word about what you're thinking, you better make damn fucking sure before you accuse a survivor of a brutal attack and rape of murdering her coworker. Because if this gets out that you are fingering, not fingering, sorry, that you are trying to um, accuse a rape survivor, (laughs) that you're trying to accuse a rape survivor of, uh, doing this and the whole community is backing her we could all lose our fucking jobs this is all of our asses if you are wrong about this yeah because the uh, keep in mind also like there was during this entire time there was like a lot of uh support for the the victims there was people rallying Mm -hmm. so like this you know the whole community is behind the the girls at this point basically a hero to this community yeah so then if they decide like no she was the one who did it there's going to be such a backlash and um that's just insane yeah so he doesn't have everything he needs to be sure of this, right? So wait, so his, um, you know, that light bulb that went off in his head was from the blood on the hat, and only it was only Britney's. Is yeah, that- this is this. That was the first like uh, little like red flag. That, yeah, like red flag. I mean, this whole thing was red flag. Like he said, these people are like caricatures of a of a criminal. These are the worst of the worst. Like everything, and and then the way she's telling the story, nothing is adding up. So Detective Reuben here is walking on eggshells, but he's trusting his gut and he's going with his gut and he needs answers, right? So he calls Brittany in for another interview and he says, we found Jaina's car. And he asks her, do you know what kind of car she drives? And Brittany says, no, not really. I mean, I probably saw it once, but I didn't remember what it was. And Detective, he like perked up now because he's kind of curious and he's probably super amped. He follows it up with, oh, okay, so have you ever been inside of her car? And Brittany replies, no, I've never been in her car. He's like, you never got a ride from her. You never, um, she never took you anywhere or, you know, whatever. She's like, no, I've never been in her car. So now Detective Reuven, his heart is pounding and he knows it's about to happen, right? So he asks her, so why did we find your DNA inside her car? And Brittany begins to cry hysterically again. She's and all she says is, can I go home now? So she's not arrested for anything. They have to let her mm-hmm. go. And they, yeah. And they let her leave. And Detective Reuben says, fuck, man, I, I got to get her back in here somehow. So he waits till the next day and he's planning on calling her back because uh, he wants another interview. The forensics team came back with some of the stuff that they found. And they had done extensive testing on on everything, but they tested the zip ties that were found on Brittany. 
And what they found was fucking nutty, right? So on one of them, they found little indents on the tip of the zip tie, but only on one of them. And they were found to be consistent with someone using their fucking teeth to tighten a zip tie. <laughs> Detective Reuven must be thinking like, fuck yes, get that bitch in here right now. Yeah. Like she must be thinking like, let's, let's fucking go. Let's do this. Like, why is there teeth marks on the zip tie? Because you're tied your fucking self up. That's why. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but before they could do that, Brittany's sister, Marissa calls him back and says, my sister remembered something over, you know, overnight. She remembered more and she wants to come in because a memory of that night all of a sudden came back to her. Mm. And what she tells police happened is stupid fucking crazy. Like I, when you hear what she tells them, you're just like, why, why didn't you just put yourself in handcuffs? Like just, that's easier. Like, so, mm. so she makes her way down to the police station with her brother and with her brother, Chris and sister Marissa. She tells the detectives that after everything had happened with the, the murder and the raping, uh, the two criminals made Brittany move Jaina's car because when Jaina parked, she kind of just left it in the front of the store, right? And, and the dudes didn't want to draw attention to the store. So they make her move the car three blocks away to an empty parking lot. And she does it. She drives the car and parks it. And Detective Reuven is like, uh, you mean to tell me you had access to a car? And you could have easily went to the police or driven home or did anything else other than what these two assholes wanted you to do. And she's like, yeah, they said if they saw me stop at all or talk to anyone, they would kill me. And they knew where I live and they would come to my house and kill me there if I leave. And the detective's like, you never told me that before. So then he asked, what happened next? Did you walk all the way back three blocks to the store? And she was like, yeah. Detective Rubin's like, nobody saw you she said yeah people saw me i even saw a cop and i guess nobody cared so you're walking around bloodied and and beaten but no one cares is that what you're saying that that's what happened <laughs> what the fuck dude? and finally one of the detectives is like fuck this and tells her straight up look you gotta tell us what really happened Brittany." it is like what you need to be honest here this is getting out of hand like just Come out with it. And Brittany's like, what do you mean? I told you it happened. And the cop tells her that her story just isn't adding up. But Brittany is adamant. She says she told them what happened. And the cop keeps pressing her. But she just churns on the waterworks again and asks if she can go home again. So this whole time, Detective Reuven was interviewing her. Other detectives were talking to her brother and sister outside. And they were explaining to them all the shit they have on her. And they're making them think she is behind this whole thing. And Marissa, she just breaks down crying because she now believes her sister is a murderer. But her brother's like, nah, there's no way my sister's this monster you're saying she is. I mean, I, I don't I don't really know any brother that wouldn't try to defend her sister, their sister, I mean. So the cops are like, all right, I'll tell you what, come with us. You're coming to the interrogation room where your sister is, and we can talk to her together. So they are all now in the room with Brittany and the cops can continue to lay it all out. All the shit they have, all of the evidence they have pointing to her being the murderer. And uh, she's just steadily denying this. And at a certain point, her brother, Chris asked the detective, he could talk to her sister alone. I only found a few quotes and this is basically how it went. Like this is, this isn't exactly how it went, but this is kind of from the all the quotes. Yeah. The, all the quotes, cause these are all actual quotes. So I kind of put them together 
and what I think is uh, chronologically. So I've, these are from various sources. Um, I, Washington Post, the Oxygen, um, some other, I forgot the websites, uh, just WJT or something like that. And then a few podcasts that I listened to. Um, and then there was a book, that book I mentioned earlier by Dan Morse. So this is how I put it together. So I'm going to have my buddy Brian and my buddy Will take yeah. it over from here. <laughs> All right. Wait, Will, so which, who are you going to be reading? I'm going to be the dude. All right. I will be Brittany. <clears throat> Do you think they are recording us? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> wait, wait. Brian, you're Brittany? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Brittany. Oh, okay. so Brian is Brittany cool. with that voice. Okay, no. okay I got it. I'm good. Uh, Go yeah, she, oh, she big. Take okay. it away, fellas. Okay. Take it away. <laughs> oh, she big. Okay. No, I've looked. There's no recording devices in this room. Are you sure they can't hear us? Listen, you're going to have to be very honest with us. Doesn't look good because you try to cover it all up. Should I ask you if you did this or not? I don't want to talk about it. About this here. Can we talk about it? We can talk about it when we get home. Listen, I'm not going to fucking rat you out. You need to tell me because I don't think they're going to let you go home. If we need a defense attorney, just tell me because it's going to be a media shitstorm. Just fucking tell me. You have to tell me. Like, there's evidence they have on you. It's really convincing. I know I told the police that it wasn't convincing, but Brittany, the evidence they have, it's really fucking convincing. You're going to have to at least tell me so I can try to get you out of here because this is going to get a hell of a lot fucking worse. Did she ever accuse you of shoplifting? I'm sorry. I don't want to disappoint you. Like, I've disappointed everyone else. I did not steal anything, and I'm, I'm doing good. I didn't take anything. Listen, no one's disappointed in you. I'll never be disappointed. You're my family. Was this whole thing planned? No, none of this was premeditated. Why did you do it? I don't know what happened. Was it shoplifting? Were you trying to steal? No. Then why'd you fight this girl? You tell me I can't think on my feet, but I need information before I can do that. So what happened? You don't have to give me all the details. Just tell me what fucking happened. Was this whole thing planned or was it? No, not at all, Chris. Tell me what she did to get you to fight her. I really forgot my wallet. I believe that. But did she accuse you of shoplifting? Is that what all this is about? I didn't take anything. Okay, listen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have to get on the defense attorney. We have two options. There's temporary insanity, but you've talked too many times, too many talked to too many people, you've talked to too many counselors, and people know that you're not insane. It's not going to work. You're going to have to be very honest with us, and the attorney we're going to have is going to try and concoct some sort of plan, like she attacked you. But that doesn't look good because you try to cover it all up. I just didn't know what to do. She came to let you in, right? That's what she then what did she say? She told me that she was going to make sure that the other manager knew or something. The other manager knew what? That you were shoplifting? Uh, But I wasn't. Had you stolen from that store before? Never, Chris, honestly. I was doing good. I mean, as far as... Now listen. You've done it three times. When the cops ask you a question, when the cops ask you a question, you're looking down, and you're looking to the left, 
that means you're lying. If you're going to lie and you talk to them, you need to find something in the room. You see that red button on the wall? Look at that red button every time. Do not look at anything else. I watched you every time your head drops down to your left, that immediately tells everyone that you're lying. I lie all the time. So I know these things <laughs> softly. Sorry, I was, I was looking at the <laughs> It's like I'm talking to myself. I lie all the time. So I know these things, okay? And hey, scene. 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 Wonderful. That was, that was very shit. impressive. So yeah, brothers are kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, just basically and, uh, working with the uh, with each other with the sister. Yeah, so uh, he, without he's saying really, this, she, he's sticking up for his sister. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I completely get it. But you know those new memes where it's like, uh, without telling me you're guilty, tell me you're guilty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and what's even funnier, dude, is the whole time police are out there just listening Listen and to watching. <laughs> Can you just imagine the party going on back there, dude? They're just like, <laughs> say more, say more. Yes, say more, do it. Like these dudes are just like fucking slam dunk. Dude, let's, they're let's bringing like everyone in. They're like, hey, hey, hey come, come watch this shit. Hey, 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 Tony, hey, you're gonna have to see this. from dispatch up here. Listen to these fucking idiots. <laughs> Like the the beginning of the conversation was like, is there listening? You're in a fucking interrogation room, my guy. Yeah. If you're in the police station anywhere, yeah. just assume it's being recorded. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just after this convo with her brother, dude, police place Brittany Norwood in custody for the murder of Jana Murray. Uh, so when I gave you a description of Brittany Norwood earlier, I may have left out a bit of her background. You just, don't say. Just a little bit. Not just a, big a deal. little bit. Not a big deal. So, you know, when Brittany was a soccer star in college, uh, she joined the team and her teammates said that things started going missing immediately. And they actually confronted Brittany about this and she turned on the waterworks for them and admitted to taking their stuff. And the team kind of forgave her, but we're super cautious around her from then. Like there's a ruined relationship after that. Like he was just like, I can't Mm -hmm. trust her no matter what. So, um, so after she was arrested, people started coming out of the woodwork. And, and in a forum about the case, uh, her old hairstylist came out and said Brittany had straight up stolen a full weave. Place, like, placed in her head. Like she stole. You guys know what a weave is, right? Yeah, those nappy ass weaves. Brian, do you know what a weave is? You should know what a weave is. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Brian. Sorry. Yeah. The hairstylist. Um, yeah. No, barber. So, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that, Barbara. Oh, sorry. Tomato, tomato. Barbara, Brian. Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she stole a weave, dude. What do you think about that? Uh, The most of heinous of crimes. Obviously. (laughs) Uh, So after the hairstylist was done installing the weave, Brittany picks up her purse that she had left in the front of the store. Uh, When she goes to pay, she reaches in and says, my money's gone. I left my purse out in your lobby and a thousand dollars is missing. And she, she says that the, it went missing while she was getting her hair done or her hair did. I wrote yeah, hair so, did. Yeah. I wrote <laughs> hair did. Yeah. Her hair did. She was getting her hair did. Oh, gotcha. So she, while she was, so she was getting her hair did. And she says that she left her purse in the lobby and then a thousand dollars went missing. So this hair, I, I really don't know. I, I, no. Yeah. I don't, I don't know either. It's probably pretty expensive, I would guess. I imagine because I mean, it's a very time consuming. It's very time consuming. It's 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 super like uh, in, just 
There's a lot to go with it. I know that. Okay, we'll There's, say it's a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I, I would say that's fair. Um, so the hairstylist is super embarrassed and, and she's like, holy shit, I, I'm so sorry. You you can pay me for the weave later. And she's like super apologetic. And then when she checks the cameras for the store, nobody even went near her purse the entire time. So they call her up and try to get her to pay for the services. But Brittany had blocked them on Facebook and she wasn't responding to any calls or messages at all. Wow. She just straight up like just ghosted him. She's yeah. gone. Ghosting your hairstylist. <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah. Uh, in 2008, there was a warrant for Brittany because she had violated a restraining order. Oh. So the year before she was in a relationship with a dentist guy, but he broke up with her because she was basically an abuser and, and he would, she would get violent with him constantly. So after they broke up, he moved on and he got a new girlfriend and he moved her in and everything. Um, so they're living together and Brittany being the rational fucking person she is, she broke into her ex's house and stole a bunch of shit. And this is when they both filed a restraining order. Well, Brittany ain't gave no shit about some paper, so she continued to stalk them. And one day, they were at his dental office. They looked out the window, and it could clearly see Brittany staring at them through the window from her car. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a fucking creep. So creepy. <laughs> yeah. But back to restraining orders, because I've never understood the purpose of getting a fucking restraining order. Is that just me? Uh it like, doesn't do anything physically, but no. I think it, but when the person violates it, you have reason to put them in jail or to, mm. to press yeah, charges. Man, you, know, you have yeah. cases like but, this, but no, right. more, more of a deterrent than anything. Yeah, but you have a violent person, right? I, I can think of three cases that we will cover in the future that specifically deal with, oh, we had a restraining order, but they still murdered me anyway. Yes. Kind of yeah. Because it's no, a piece it, of paper, it, it, like... Getting a restraining order doesn't put a force field around your fucking house and it, only they cannot enter it. It's yeah. fucking stupid. Just buy a damn gun. Yeah. Um, but the, when they saw her, they were like, uh, we need to get the fuck out of here. So they ran out and got in their car and took off. But Brittany, she's still following them. So they call the cops and that's where the arrest warrant is issued. But, For some reason, I could like still following them. The first image I th- keep on thinking of is like the Terminator Two. Like she's just like following behind the car, <laughs> you know, running right after. Just me. running, she's not even driving her own car. <laughs> yeah, just running. She's just full speed, like arms, <laughs> like in a hatchet shape, just like exactly. running, <laughs> just yeah. following them. Flat, flat <laughs> like, just like. Look at the rearview mirror. Just have to go faster. The objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. (laughs) (laughs) Go back there. Oh my god, dude. You got to use your Britney voice. (laughs) Hey, baby. Where are you going? (laughs) Come on, baby. All right, so <laughs> leading up to the Bethesda Lululemon was <clears throat> uh, the night of the murder at the Bethesda Lululemon. Uh, we have much more recent examples of her crazy ass. So the, the Bethesda Lululemon was actually the second Lululemon store she had worked at because at the first store, she was new, and Lululemon more or less expects you to keep up appearances. Like, they... Have, they they call uh, each other. They don't call each other's associates or anything. They're like educators. I think they're called. Like they're not called 
Oh God. Uh, an educator? Yeah, I think they're called educators, but so they have to keep like during their breaks, they're encouraged to like meditate or read books or something like that instead of taking their lunch like a normal person, they're encouraged to oh, do good. Yeah. Quote unquote healthy things. You know what I mean? I hate corporate culture. So um so to keep up appearances, they all usually just wear the Lululemon leggings. Um and they uh they wear that stuff to work, but those leggings cost over a hundred dollars, right? So how how can they afford the product that they're selling? You know what I mean? Like it's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, how can they wear their yeah. super expensive shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one night a year, they discount everything in the store seventy uh, percent off. So the employees who couldn't regularly afford this shit, uh, they they sell it to them, and they can get up to a thousand dollars of value, uh, meaning they pay three hundred dollars for it, right? So it's it's a huge discount, and I'm sure well, it helps. Even helped. then, fuck, dude. Oh yeah, I still wouldn't even pay that three hundred dollars. I'm just like, I don't yeah. give a shit. Like Jesus Christ, like fuck you, corporate. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Dude. Anyways, so well, Brittany was super new, and she wasn't. She like her parents were well off, but she didn't have money. You know what I mean? So um, she hadn't got quite paid enough. So she asked for an extension on the date, and she asked for the thousand dollar cap to go up just a little bit so she didn't have any clothes that she could wear to work and they agreed but they regretted it when she had two thousand dollars of merchandise that she paid only six hundred dollars for wow so even after they had done this for her she was about to be fired because she was suspected of shoplifting anyway so but there's there's a ton that goes into firing someone without proof like catching them red-handed that they they were stealing, you know? Right. So right. instead of firing her, they just transferred her to the Bethesda store. And at the Bethesda store, almost immediately, things started going missing. And one coworker actually says that she had bought new perfume. And Brittany was like, wow, that smells really great. Oh, wait, can you say wow. that for me? Whoa, that smells great. <laughs> so basically, she was a klepto. Oh, absolutely. A hundred thousand percent was a kleptomaniac for Mm -hmm. sure. And it, it, but to be a murderer as well, like you've got to have more issues than just that. Absolutely. That kind of shows like, I guess it's different state to state, but California is a, you're you're technically considered an at will employee. So Mm -hmm. if you look at me funny, you know, you can be fired type of thing. (laughs) You're looking at will. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's so meta (laughs) yeah so uh, but obviously i don't know how maryland's employee laws work their 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 you know labor laws and stuff but wouldn't you give the new store a heads up like hey we're gonna send you this employee you're a real shit bag yep and they they like to steal oh they did Mm-hmm. They get that, oh. yeah. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Oh, but, okay. Uh, Sorry, I'm jumping did. the gun a little bit. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's just you're you're using your old noggin there. Yeah, nice. So uh, using the old brain bucket. So when Brittany says, "Wow, that smells great," um, the the coworker when she left the store that night, the perfume was no longer in her purse. What you don't say? Do 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 do. Who could have done it? In the fucking the Twilight Zone. The Yeti. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Brittany comes. Brittany comes in the next day and smells like her. It's like, hold on a second. She it's did. Like, <laughs> she did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> here's the brain bucket again. I'm jumping ahead. Here's closed. There you go. Uh, so, okay, this is where we get to what you're saying. So, it's kind of common practice in retail 
Uh, but they have like a, a buddy system where at the end of the shift, they check each other's bags uh, to make sure there isn't anything that doesn't belong there. Well, that shit was in full effect on January 11th because she's worked there. Anytime she's on shift, they are like, we are checking bags no matter what. Like, this is not a question Especially anytime like she's a, on shift. Yeah, like a high-end store. Yeah, they're going to. Yeah. So on January 11th, they, like I said, this was in full effect. And Jaina, she looked in Brittany's bag. And she saw a pair of leggings, and it still had the tags on it. And she asked her, hey, did you steal these? And Brittany was like, no, 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 no. I, I bought these from the other manager. And uh, she checked me out and everything. And um, uh, you can ask her. You can ask her yourself. And she, she checked me out. It's, it's all legit. Mm-hmm. And to the surprise of Brittany... Jaina called the other fucking manager. Oh. And the other manager was like, called no. Called on her shit. I, oh, never, okay. I never sold those to her. And, and they were both like, fuck yeah, gotcha, bitch. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. So they all had like a, a meeting because uh, this happened early in the afternoon, right? So they all had a meeting like over the phone and they were like, we, we got to fire her. And, and they were going to do it the next day. Well, Brittany was informed by Jaina that she had no choice or she has no choice uh, but to tell Rachel. So she's kind of making it seem like she hadn't done it yet. You know what I mean? So she's like, I have no choice. I'm going to tell Rachel. But she had already had this conversation with her. And she, I guess she just wanted to avoid conflict or whatever. Right. And uh, and that she was going to tell Rachel that, uh, that she was stealing. Um, well, Brittany did not take too kindly to this information at all. And, and that's when uh, they clock out at 945. And then Brittany calls Jaina back and tells her she lost her wallet. What Brittany didn't know is that Jaina had called Rachel before and then she called her again on her way home and they were already making plans to formally fire her. So like she called uh, Rachel and then like it possibly could even have been during that phone call. She gets interrupted by uh, Brittany calling her. So so when they get back to the store together, Brittany is begging Jaina not to tell on her and just like don't like don't please don't they're going to fire me. And Jaina says, I already told the other managers. And at this, this is at this point that Brittany probably lost her shit. And this is where police speculate that Brittany then hit Jaina in the back of the head with the metal rod. And Jaina takes off running towards the front of the store. But Brittany catches her and drags her back. But Jaina's fighting while Brittany is slashing at her with a knife. And that's why the front of the store was all messed up. And then after beating her some more, Jaina makes a last-ditch effort. Um, while she's just covered in blood to the, like she just ditches towards the back door. Right. And mm-hmm. she gets her keys in the door, but Brittany catches her and drags her back. And this is where she brutally murders her with anything and everything that she could find. And the police speculate that the gash on Brittany's forehead, this is nuts. All right. So the gash on Brittany's forehead and the cut on the webbing of her hand between her thumb and pointer finger happened at the same time. It seems as though Brittany was stabbing Jaina so hard that when she continually was stabbing her, she lifted up the knife and bashed herself in the face with the handle of the knife. And when she came and when she came down with it, she lost her grip on the knife and cut her hand when it slid down the blade. Oh my God. What the, that's how hard she was hitting her. Like she's just kind of up and down, up and down. And at one point she she hit her own, her own face. open. And then she, when she went down, she lost control of the knife and her, her hand was cut open by the blade. And was she, was that an actual knife or because they said they found the shit around the store. So was that mm-hmm. like the, um, I, the I don't know. 
The it's just knife. Like, it's part I of the toolkit. Something I think. like box the razor blade or whatever. Yeah, no, it was, it was a knife. It was a knife knife. Oh. It was like a three and a half inch blade or something like that. Oh shit. So like I, I think it might have just been part of the toolkit. Maybe they needed to cut something sometime. I don't know. They didn't really yeah, go so into they need too a much Bowie box knife. cutter. Yeah. 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 Do they just have a Bowie knife sitting around? <laughs> Take so, the tag uh, off the Lululemon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Leggings. There's got to be good quality uh, tags though. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, a knife. that's a knife. It's a knife. That's a spoon. Ah, uh, I see you played knife and spoon before. I see you played knifey spoony before. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's just nuts, dude. Like, she's hitting her so fucking hard that she lost control of herself. That she hit her own face and over and a fucking job. Yeah. No, no, well, no. Let, let's narrow down more. Over a hundred dollars of leggings. Mm-hmm. Let's narrow down. Her job was at stake. Sure. Um, and, and the, the shitty part is like, even if they had fired her, I, I can almost promise, like guarantee they would not have taken any legal action. They were just like, all right, no, no, no. they were just fired. fire. They would have fired like, her. Yeah. There's, it would have been almost if, if there had been, I would have been very surprised, but I can no legal consequences whatsoever other than you're out of a fucking job. Mm-hmm. And now you're in prison for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. But, um, so it just doesn't, wow. it's literally, you can narrow it down, dude. She killed uh, and brutally killed another woman over a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's just uh, definitely you know not all there. You know, and there's definitely more than just kleptomania. There's many. I can guarantee there's many, many other things wrong with her. I don't know what, but it's not normal. So um, after killing Jaina, she took her keys and moved her car so it wouldn't be noticed. Because he was still at the front of the store. And she sat in her car for like an hour just contemplating what she had done and how she was going to get away with it. Like she was just sitting there roasting in her shit and just trying to think of ways to get the fuck out of this. Mm-hmm. And at one point, a cop did actually drive by. And that same cop remembers that he did see a car in that parking lot and the lights were on. And um, when he came back, maybe an hour later, the lights were off. So he did see her sitting in the car and um, she was just sitting there and, and she's trying to think of ways to, to handle this. Like she just probably think about what you would be thinking about sitting in the car. Like, fuck, I just murdered somebody. What the fuck am I going to do? Like, what, what, what am I going to jail? Like, she's like, no, 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 I can handle this. I can, I can fix this. You know, I can make it look like something else. Mm -hmm. So we saw what she decided on, right? We saw the crime scene. We saw, you know, when she got back to the store, she would toss more shit around and put those size 14 shoes on to make it look more realistic that there was a man there. But what she didn't know is that her sock was drenched in blood and that blood got on the inside of the big shoe. So even though she cleaned them and, and then put them back, it was still clearly bloody. She then insanely, I don't know how anyone can do this, but she insane, like she started slashing at herself many times. She's literally well, Octavia, that's because you've never killed someone before. <laughs> They're obviously not of the sound mind. So yeah. if you're trying yeah. not to you have the fear of, you know, being convicted of murder in your brain. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd probably do some crazy shit to try and prove that you weren't the murderer. Yeah. I mean, if it's between you and Fight Prison or flight, or baby, fight yeah. or flight, yeah. You self-preservation. I, I get it, but... That's still fucking nuts. I, I don't know how I could take a blade to myself, though. I, I don't... 
as soon as I cut myself, like, ooh, ouchies, ooh. ouchies, <laughs> that hurt. You realize you have a freaking horrible gag reflex yeah. <laughs> looking at blood. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, so not only that, but she, she slashed herself on her stomach everywhere. I mean, they said she had cuts everywhere. They're all superficial. Like I said, oh, yeah, she had a, everywhere. Her yeah. story was you'll never have fucking babies after I'm done slicing you. So she had to cut her fucking stomach. That's a psychopath. dude. It is a psychopath. That so then she's, psycho. she zip tied herself, right? She did her feet first. And then she, like I said, she tightened the zip ties on her hands with her mouth. And then she posed herself with her hands above her head, which is just so fucking stupid because if this happened, this happened at 10 o'clock at night, 10.05, 10.20, right? This happened late at night, and they didn't – 8 o'clock is when Rachel found them. So what do you think she was – or was she heard people come in in the morning and was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, I got I to gotta fix myself. You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, fuck. Like, um, You think she got a pretty uh, solid eight hours of sleep that night or what? <laughs> I would not put it past her. It's Dude, already that's, insane. That's 10 out of what? Eight, uh, 10 hours in between yeah. – that time and when she was found? Well, I think uh, from the time she was done uh, doing all the m- murder and doing all the, the crazy throwing shit about and, and putting the shoes on and cleaning them, I think it might have been about one o'clock when she finally like laid down. Everything's all set. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she, like, she sat in the car for an hour. Uh, yeah, she yeah, did. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the murder itself took about 20 minutes. Um, and then she had to make the scene worse. And she. Yeah, so that's still like all this seven. Set, Seven and then, hours, and then so. she she staged that uh, raping of herself by the by the hanger that never happened. Like, and, oh yeah, I just completely slipped my mind. But um, the rape kits they did on both women came back completely negative. So, so oh uh, okay, yeah, I, I forgot to mention that when Detective Reuben was on his completely accurate, yeah, on his, te- on his on his tearing of uh, yeah. ripping apart this. The story Girl's from the story. very beginning, dude, from the moment he heard anything, this dude was like, and imagine being that detective too, like good on him because like, you can't say this shit out loud. This yeah. is a rape and murder survivor. Like you cannot say this shit. You know what I mean? The, the, well, yeah. And black. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. So it, it plays into that. Like, hold on a second. You're going to be accusing a person of color who was quote unquote raped and watched her friend get murdered. And you're now going to accuse her of the murder. You hold, just you take a deep breath. Sh- yeah. yeah make sure you're fucking T's across and your eyes are dotted before you even fucking think yeah, about talking about it. Even uttering a word. Like you can't even breathe this out. I think I remember, uh, I heard that he had been talking to his wife about this. Like, dude, I, I, I think, I think Brittany did this and his wife was like, shut the fuck up. Basically like yeah. you better, you better, if you even tell me, you better come at me with the facts. You know what I mean? Cause this is, this is a hero right now. This, they are rallied. And actually as shitty as it is, the, the family had of Jana Murray, because remember she said she tried to help her, but you know, all she could do was to not pass out. All she could do was, you know, lay there and watch because she was zip tied, you know, and she was getting beaten herself. And the family had been like, oh, we want to send you flowers in the hospital. And Brittany was like, no, you don't have to do that. And she's like, she denied them. But but imagine that phone call I was talking about. They're on their way to lay their daughter rest. And they get a phone call saying they arrested Brittany Norwood. Oof. Yeah. Like this, the same girl who was with her daughter that night and, and was with her. Yeah, who they're going to fucking her. send flowers to. Yeah. And 
it's just, I don't know. So like I said, she was still posed in that when she, they got there at eight o'clock. So she <laughs> could have easily moved to a more comfortable, like the fetal position that would make more sense. You know, you, she wasn't tied to anything. She was zip tied to herself. She wasn't tied to a pole. She could have easily moved at, at any point during the night. She, but when they found her, she's like, oh, my hands are above my head. Like, I'm like basically sprawled straight out. Like, yeah, she could have probably walked to DC and back. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's just seven hours. Just, I, I assume it worked for the, the effect when they got there. This looks gnarly. Right. And, but when you start thinking about it, like why if you weren't tied to anything, why the, if you weren't dead, why did at any point you not like curl up into the fetal position or, or move or squirm out of the way you lay? There's no marks around her that that said she was moving and then blood the trail wasn't like uh, smeared or anything she stayed in that spot yeah she wasn't trying to escape or leave yeah she yep. was just staying there yep so it's just at, even that is just like detective reuven's like that nope doesn't make sense yeah mm-hmm. no. a little sus yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of sus. Uh, anyway so needless to say Brittany was convicted of first degree murder but <laughs> it's really funny just a little anecdote her her own defense went in asking for second degree murder. They weren't saying I didn't do this. They weren't saying I'm a victim of anything. They said, no, trying to take a plea deal. Yeah. Can we just have second degree murder? So even her own defense is like, yeah. Uh, Can can you just give us a lesser? Yeah. This is kind of cut and dry. Can you throw us a bone here? (laughs) So uh, during the sentencing, the judge said, you're a hell of a liar. And an entire community was terrorized because of you. And in January, 2012, she begged the court to show mercy, but no one gave a fuck. Just like she didn't show any mercy to Jana Murray at all. And if you remember the Apple employees were like, please talk to me, you know, talk to me. Don't do this, please. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. she still did it. Yeah. So uh, Brittany Norwood was given life without the possibility of parole. Um, do you so not have she's a, there. Uh, do you not have a death sentence in uh, I don't. Maryland? Come, I don't think so. It's Maryland, right? Yeah, Potosi. yeah, Maryland. Um, so yeah, the, there's little other anecdotes like during um, when she was in jail, they said that all of her phone calls were pretty vain. She kept complaining that her hair was a mess and she didn't have her makeup, and, and she didn't sucks. have her fucking weave done. Yeah, no weave was the weave had already fallen out, I guess. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> she she uh, was just all of her phone calls weren't like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know. But yeah, no, she had it was, no remorse for anything no, that she had done. She's a fucking bad. So yeah, she's just complaining. Uh, I don't look good. And you're not supposed to in jail yep. or prison, really. You're not supposed to in prison, not jail. I don't know. Have you seen Oranges the New Black? <laughs> yeah, none of them look good. What? <laughs> you take none that back. Of them. No, sir. What? No, I will not. Okay, the blonde Not chick? even, not even, yeah, what is that? She's from that 70s show? I don't know. That 70s show girl? Oh, no, no, no. That's not the blonde chick. That's the redhead. You're talking about the main character? Main character. Uh-huh. The chick from that '70s show is a smoke show, and then the tattoo chick when she comes in and starts. Oh, that's Rose. Rose something. Yeah, she's yeah, she's supposed to be Batwoman or something. Yeah, I think that's so her. You, um, you can, yeah, I'll, I, mean, I guess. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll, 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 I'll give you the you. last one. I'll okay, I'll allow it. Yeah, you can take back what you said. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> They look rough. Okay, like I'm not I, saying they're. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying they're ugly. I'm saying they look rough. They're supposed to. Yeah. Okay. They don't put makeup on stuff, but natural beauty. Come on, man. 
Um, Work with me here. Something really cool is that they still, um, uh, they still um, honor her memory. Like there's a picture of her doing yoga inside the store, um, like with the, as like an advertised, like, you know, they have the big murals and stuff like a poster. It's, it's Jaina doing yoga. And there's a, in the front of the store, um, they have like a, a stained glass window at the top, like over the entrance. And it just says love. And it's a, it's in, it's in a memory, you know, honoring Jaina, Jaina Murray. She's hmm. remembered forever by that store. They, they have moved since, but I think that that stained glass is still there. Still going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just looked up, uh, Brittany Norwood. Yeah, so that story about her uh, saying she's cuter and more fun to fuck is kind of hard uh, to believe. Yeah, she looks a little rough around the edges. <laughs> <laughs> and she no. has that, like, uh, psycho look in her eyeballs, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a, this is a crazy story because it's one murder, but it's just twists and turns and, and you know, story after story. And then mm. the brother, I mean, I, I get it, but man. And did anything ever happen with the brother? Like, no, dude. I, he, he that, that's not no, a crime. Prob- no, not a crime. yeah. No. To try to tell them to say something like he's not trying to cover it up. He's just trying to be like, all right, you can't, you know, whatever. Right. So, yeah. So uh, that was the um, terrible, brutal murder of Jana Murray and the asshole fucking Brittany Norwood psychopath. Yep. Yeah. So, how much do you think? with Jaina Murray, the, because we talked about like her background a little bit, her being super accomplished, meaning that she has like multiple degrees. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That reminds me. Thank you for saying that. Um, she was actually, uh, awarded her degrees posthumously. She got both of them. Oh, well that's good news. Yeah. That's really cool that they did that. Yeah, absolutely. And she was on her way anyway. She would have got them no matter what. Yeah. And that's, that's great. Um, and the part of me is thinking is like, because you can, you know, with Britney's background that her, like most of her family has some sort of accomplishment. And then yeah. she has this coworker who's doing these like, you know, double degrees and she has uh, like adventurous personality. How much of that do you think actually played into like her becoming the victim? Oh, because- dude, her, she has, what's that called? That, uh, that inferiority complex. So mm-hmm. if she knew all this stuff, I, I promise you that she was like, when she was stabbing her, something like, this is for this. And this is for, yeah. you know, it, it, accomplishing just this, that- just like, fuck you and your, and your degrees. Like yeah, all that pent up, like anger, yeah. and resentment, it just finally unleashed. So yeah. I saw like, <clears throat> I was looking up some of the, the, the crime scene photos and, Shows one, and it it really looks like her. But did they really snap a photo of her when she was lying on the floor? Yeah, um, they did. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's very superposed, right? Yeah. Why is her hand? Why is her hands above her head? Like that? Yeah, and like her legs are perfectly like yeah. straight. Yep. It, it, I'm glad you looked it, it up so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, it looks that's... super super fake. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want you guys to look it up because it would have gave away too much. But even even the it shows the cuts on her stomach and they look so superficial. So superficial, like nothing. It's like little baby cuts. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to hurt myself that much. Yeah. Mm. They look like scratches. Basically. If someone were to scratch your stomach, that's what it looks like. Oh yeah. But that gash in her forehead is pretty damn gnarly. <laughs> and that other thing about that gash is like when um, they looked at it, the blood was running down towards her nose. So she was standing up when she got that cut. 
Unlike yeah, can, her yeah, story when she was already laying down and got that gash. Yeah, it's it, you can see it. It runs right down like the bridge of her nose and then across her lips down to her chin. It's like so a straight line. She may have thought she was like smart. pretty smart <laughs> and like she got away with this, but clearly she wasn't looking at the big fucking picture here. This is yeah. uh she did she has many, many she's got a lot to learn. That's crazy. basically. So um, that's all I got. That's the, like I said, the terrible, there, terrible uh, brutal murder of Jaina Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say her name enough because this is who this is about. Um, and so. Has there been any updates um, like on her uh, prison time since? Because this was 2011. She yeah, no, she's she's life. Um, no possibility of parole. But she did but try there's to. A, yeah, there's always appeals. And she stuff. tried to appeal. It was denied. Um, I've, I think it says she tried to appeal on the basis of. Um, they didn't let her leave when she wanted to leave during the integration. But if you remember, the cops were like. You can leave after you, you know. You, oh yeah, that's fine. Your, yeah, yeah. when she talked to her brother, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. she she wanted like, can I go home now? Mm-hmm. And she's saying that uh, that whole interrogation should not be allowed because um, she had asked to leave, and the cops said no. But no, they didn't. They said, yeah, you can leave. Just tell us what happened. So it was denied. Oh okay, good. Mm, gotcha. So uh, that's all I got. You guys got anything? No man, so, that was uh, really fucking brutal. So yeah. That's all I got. Let's, uh, you have anything for, uh, with the listeners listening to like some of the, uh, you know, anything with the bloodthirsty, where to find us on Facebook, social medias, anything yes, like that? Same as always, bloodthirstypod at gmail.com. Uh, we're more being more active on Facebook now. So look yeah, us up I'll, there. I'll probably try and get an Instagram going too at some point. So keep an eye out. So hit us up with anything you got. Let us know what, she's, what you want to hear. All right. Thanks for listening. 